I'm gonna finish the fucking intro. Hang on. I didn't say you can just say just hello, hello, we're hot ramen, and then I'll just say whatever. Like, just say hello, we're hot ramen. Hello, we're hot ramen. I've never seen his dick, but I know too much about it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. Shall we get this circus going then? Yeah. All right, here we go. All right, welcome to the first ever official episode of Hot Ramen. Yes, yes, yes. Where the men are hot, not always raw. Keep it, keep it packed in, kiddos. <laughs> All right. <laughs> was that was that like a process safe sex advertisement? Yes, it was. Like Thank you. PSA? Yes, it was. <laughs> I'll do like a quick little spiel about me. <laughs> I probably should have gone first. <laughs> <laughs> i'll go first it's fine uh i'm 21 years old i am based in seattle right now and uh i am, am currently working as a certified nursing assistant but hoping to go to med school in the near future you can refer to me as monsku for this uh i am manual labor right now and i like to stream as as monsku uh yeah, I just have a lot of thoughts that I think are interesting or funny that I'd like to get out there. And a friend who is I, I'd like to and is willing to talk to me about them. Uh, we've been roommates in college uh, and we've been talking to each other since then. It's been a few years now. So I don't know how much people can get from this podcast and if we're going to get canceled anytime soon. Uh <laughs> Like, 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 me too, whatever, kind of, not me too, but like, canceled in that kind of way for shit that we say, but hopefully it's long running. Anyways, so what we're talking about today is uh, consciousness, just because I was at work and that's what came up. Uh, we don't have any really solid points here, just wanted to get each other's thoughts and see, like, with a sample size of two, how different, like, consciousness can be or what our perceptions of it is. I don't know, so where I'm at is, like, I've always been a pretty in my head kind of person so i feel kind of like how a yogi knows their body you know i feel like i have a pretty good grasp on my head and like even if like i'm angry for no reason at least i know i'm angry for no reason it's not just like i am angry you know uh so where do you, where do you think you are at and just like understanding the consciousness one of the points where we like connected with each other immediately was like the fact that like both of us kind of live in our own heads a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, like my emotional awareness while like being in my own world was like a thing that I had to develop by myself or like I had something I had to like learn through outside observation over the years. Because I would remember like, Feeling certain emotions when, like, you know, for example, someone would say something kind of harsh to me, and then I'd be like, like, I'm feeling a certain type of way, and I know I don't like it, but I can't quite, like, pinpoint what specific, like, almost train of thought that emotion has. Like, I'm feeling, like, when, for example, when someone says, you know, like, oh, you probably could have done better in that class if you tried harder. Like, mm-hmm. that would probably piss me off a little bit because I'd be like... Even if it wasn't, probably, like, intended to be that way, they were just like... I mean, if you tried harder, you probably could have done better. And then you're like, fucking no. It's like... Yeah. 
Yeah. And now, like, in my current, like, state and age, I know that I'd probably be unhappy with that because I know that I put my all into it. Either that or I feel guilty and then I'd lash out in anger because I know that I try hard enough. Something. One of those two. I think for me, like, I don't know how much I should put into certain things. And so, like, before the project, I felt like I put enough into it. And then the result Mm -hmm. wasn't exactly, or, like, it wasn't received how I thought. Then, like, I'll think that... Mm -hmm maybe I didn't put enough into it. But I think it's more about like, it was a learning experience and like, you just recalibrated a little bit. Consciousness for me, anyways, was... Yeah, what do you define as about... consciousness? Like, what do you, what, where does it reach? Is it like... I guess, wherever your, your imagination reaches out to, like, that's the only limiting factor about your own consciousness, I guess. I think that it's interesting how like, you talk about your imagination. I think it's interesting how like consciousness can kind of like you can focus it, but then it can also wander, like without yeah. how it's like not. It's the only thing that you like you're not 100 percent in control of. I mean, if like if your arm just like started going like ooh, you'd be like get that shit down, get that under control. <laughs> yeah. But if your consciousness is like like I just started to sing that song and it wouldn't stop, and you're just like man, this song stuck in my head today, and you're you're not just like man, I just keep. Doing, like flipping people off today like it's and we just accept it you know <laughs> nobody like tries yeah. to control it but if our hand if we were just like oh man I, I punched three three homeless people today on accident then we we would rein that in you know you brought up like a pretty important point there like control the point of the concept of control right because uh you know when you get when you start dissecting uh consciousness from a more like psychological standpoint you can start talking about people like Sigmund Freud, who divided consciousness into three different, mm-hmm. I guess, layers, I guess you could almost call them, like the id, the ego, and the superego, right? I honestly and then don't. Each of these. I remember like the different definitions, but I don't remember what the, where the layers were. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, shit. I don't know. I don't specifically remember the exact definitions either, but I know that like each of them shares a different level of control, almost like the conscious and the unconscious, and like the somewhere the mediating factor between those two. Right, mm-hmm. that is what Freud dissected the three layers into, and I don't know. I thought it was really interesting that like our conscious perception of control and our unconscious perception of control are two very different things but they're still both control do you know what i mean yeah well like i feel the control of like the unconscious meaning is kind of like our Mm -hmm. body trying to control how we feel just with like yeah without putting it in any like dangerous or risky situation where you don't like just where you don't want to be you know, so like mm-hmm. it will understand that you don't want to have to go to work because you have to talk to your boss and your coworkers that will make you feel uncomfortable. You also have control with your consciousness of being able to like say, I need the money and this is what I should be doing. And it, like I'm making other people have more work if I don't go and accept my responsibility. So I don't know. I always feel like the like background consciousness is... 
dumber or maybe we don't know how to train it or never taught it you know it, it it's like but it's still but it runs the show it it mm-hmm. it's the ones out there trying to like telling me that you like you're okay even though i have like struggle with addiction or anything like that it's it's still telling me like it's okay and you need this and it'll be fine and you can you'll you can quit tomorrow kind of thing it's like trying to yeah. make me feel okay even though like i know that i'm losing control over like myself as a whole i think on a similar note uh when i first learned you know the even the concept of your unconscious mind that's sort of pulling the strings from behind the curtains figuratively it really disturbed me on a very on a level of understanding that i did not expect to be having in that moment you know because that like you didn't you never thought about how like there was a deeper conscious that was like kind of motivating you yeah. pointing you in a direction i almost had like a very simple way of thinking where like my mind is like the thoughts that are running through my mind or like the thoughts that i'm having at this moment and whether or not i choose to act upon them is like my personality like a very simplistic definition of the human consciousness right mm-hmm. and the, even the fact that uh things could be happening inside my mind that i'm not even aware of was terrifying to me almost because i i think i crave a sense of security and stability in my life and that was sort of taking it taking a degree of control away from almost whether it be you know like um unconscious bias or stuff like that i i didn't want to admit to myself that like those things could i could also be subject to those things just like anyone else. So you had always thought that like um yeah. you couldn't be subject to unconscious bias because you were making decisions, but you didn't but like you hadn't thought that like like even before you had made the yeah. decisions, you had there was like another level. Exactly. Yeah. I never thought that people so it was, didn't have that realization. It was almost like it was almost an arrogant mindset, if you think about it. I wouldn't say arrogant. I think more ignorant. I think I feel like that's probably where I th- I mean if we're I don't want to put us up on a pedestal or nothing but I feel like we're both pretty smart guys and like if you like when was that when did you figure out that you had like a a background conscious It definitely started when I was in high school while you know I was going through puberty and everything but then I don't think I knew how to put those thoughts that I, were, that I was having about unconscious processes into words until I got into university and started taking psych classes. And then I remember specifically in one of my psych classes, I don't remember which one off the top of my head, but uh, there was like, there was a Harvard study uh, on, like, on like this website where they would have like two categories of people slash objects. And then it was a random association test. So like, it would ask you to like pair the word American next with like an Asian American, like a face bearing Asian American features in one set of associations. So like every time you see, you would see American, you say, oh, like the Asian American, like you click on the picture. (laughs) I thought it was going to be a thing like, 
I have no idea what you're talking about, bro. Where, where, what are you, what are you training here? Are you training somebody or trying it's, to, you're trying to test, right? It's a test to show unconscious bias against certain groups of people or, or certain uh, terms, I guess. But like, are you saying that some, like some Asians don't look American or like what? I don't understand what the test is. No, the test is just, uh, I think I explained it pretty poorly. <laughs> so there would be. I think I'm just, so I just got two, lost. So there'd be two sets of pictures, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, one set of pictures is showing a, a variety of Asian American faces, and another is showing a bunch of European white faces, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like you study the pictures, and then uh, there, I think there'd be four different sets of associations. Where, like in the first association, you have to every time you see the word foreign on screen, you have to pick the white feature face or the Asian feature face, one of those two, right? Mm-hmm. And it would record your reaction time, or like the speed it would take you to either get the answer correct or incorrect. And then based <laughs> on that, they would, you know, formulate guesses into what kind of biases you have, essentially. Mm-hmm. I remember taking that test for the first time. And I was like, ah, you know, there's no way. Like, I'm an Asian guy. There's no way I can't. I, I could be biased against Asian and it turned out, it came out something like I was 70% uh, biased against Asian Americans. And I had this con- uh, preconceived notion of them being more likely to be foreigners than actual American citizens. Yeah, that's how I feel. And, yeah. And. Well, I don't think that they'd be foreigners. I, in- I just think that they like are going to have an accent and like be less whitewashed than me. Yeah, that kind of thing. So. But even that in and of itself is like a sort of bias, right? Because that may not necessarily be true for uh, anyone with this kind of face that you come across. I think it's pretty interesting for you. I mean, I feel like that's a a weird thing for you to say because you are an Asian foreigner. So, of course, when you see Asian people, you're going to think that they're foreigners. Like, that's you. That's your experience with them, you know? (laughs) And you went to UW where everybody was a fucking Asian foreigner. So, like, I I don't know why I'm saying, like, I'm having a lisp right now, foreigner, but, but <laughs> talking like a little kid, but you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's understandable. And I don't, I don't know. Why is that bad? Or is it just like pointing out that like there is, I feel like there's reason. I don't know. For it. I feel... It's not like you're going out and slapping all the Asian foreigners that you see, you know, it's not like, it's not necessarily a bias. It's just like the, what patterns has your brain picked up on? And then it just basically shows what you've done in life. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> unless it was like who would you more willingly give money to Asian face white face you know that's a bias right. or like who would you be more likely who, who's more likely to be able to defend themselves Asian or white like I don't know maybe there's other questions I felt, that I, I always I could also be remembering things wrong but the way I thought about it was um like, you know, at this base level, it might seem like, yeah, this is just based, formed off of my experiences and everything, so it's pretty harmless. But what if that grows into a more malicious way of thinking against this group of people? So that's what I was worried about when I took the test and found that out. You see, Which I realized now. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to, like, I know that I have biases and prejudices, but 
they aren't just like how like you can be afraid of spiders but you don't have like a phobia it's like it's not an mm-hmm. issue and it doesn't like i can still <sighs> this is this is episode one how much do i want to reveal for episode one <laughs> but just like i was thinking about this earlier like if i saw like a group of poor white people talking out in like the hood i'd be worried that they like be desperate and like try to mug me for drugs but if i saw a group of like mm-hmm. poor mexicans out in the hood then i would more likely think that like i i would still be afraid but i think that they would be like more like gangbangers and not necessarily like homeless or like like hardcore druggy but just like bad environment and that's what they grew up to like like i'm still i'm scared either way and like there's groups that like just look suspicious either way but when i if i'm if there's one guy like it's, and it's dangerous because it's a group as well but if like i'm the most the most often time that i see these people is if i'm in like the weed shop but if i'm like in there and like somebody who if they were in like a group of three or four people i would be scared of i mm-hmm. as long as they are like uh aggressive at me this whatever i'll like hey you got any recommendations and he'd be like but i don't fucking know like like everybody's super fucking chill as long as you're chill with them like it's not it's it's not anything you just have to be worried about like the group mentality and just don't be respectful yeah i don't know like i have prejudices but then i also know that like there's good in every group and there's there's talent in every group even like i bet you there's a maybe not i was gonna say i bet you there's a nice polar bear out there but that's a little different uh, <laughs> i think any polar bear would probably fuck you up so i guess that raises another interesting question of we all know there are these prejudices and i guess certain ways of thinking uh prevalent within society right so is our goal to try and eliminate some of those ways of thinking or maybe educate people on how to not act on them and realize that those ways of thinking are just exactly that prejudices that don't apply to every single person within that group or whatever. So what I have been talking about is that like, I don't think that you should just like work on suppression and holding back Mm -hmm. and like, like, Oh, if I have those thoughts, just like cut them, like try, try to not have, I don't, I don't know how that works. Like, it's just not going to work. I feel like you have to just be understanding that everybody's, it's just more of an understanding of empathy and like knowing that everybody's human and that like, I don't know, like even like an asshole, somebody who like off the bat, I think is an asshole. It could just be a bad day, you know? And like, maybe they like, I'm like, so I had a, this situation where I was dropping my friend off and like, I'm half Asian, they're full black. And I drove into the wrong parking lot, the wrong like apartment complex building. And this woman was walking her dog and she like was trying to get into our building. And she like stood in front of the building staring at us while we were like just chatting before I let her out of the car. And like in fair, my friend likes to stay in the car for a long time when I'm trying to drop her off. I'm like, bitch, I got to get home. There's traffic. But <laughs> uh, that's besides the point. She just like sat there staring at us. And then eventually was like, do you live here? You don't live here. And it was thinking back on it. She could have been racist you know, two minorities in a not great neighborhood uh, that she didn't recognize sitting in her parking lot. Um, but also, like, she didn't she didn't know us. And I, I was trying to be nice. My friend was a little bit aggravated. But you have to, I also have to understand that maybe she's not racist. And maybe I, like, I am projecting that, like, this white woman walking her dog 
is being racist. And that's kind of like the reverse prejudice. And so you have to understand that maybe like maybe there have been break ins at her place. Maybe people have really been parking there when they shouldn't have been. Or maybe she just had a bad day and this is just how she got it out. And that's not how that's not how she should be it. But people need to be understanding of that. I have an interesting question for that last thing about how you were thinking that you're prejudiced or whatnot. Do you feel Mm. you're fully Asian? I'm half white, right? I'm half half Chinese, half white. I don't feel weird when I say like the white guy over there. Do you feel weird if like there's an Amy Schumer skit where she was helped by a black person at a clothing store and she went up to the counter and was like, oh yeah, and then anybody help you? Because then we can give them a referral and they'll get like a little bit, bit of a bonus. And she was like, um, yeah, there's this, um, uh, I was helped by somebody in like a brown vest and like that's, we all wear brown vests. That's the uniform. And she was like, um, okay. <laughs> um, she had, uh, dark, uh, curly hair. Uh, it's like, can you give me some more, like, she didn't want to say black, you know? So I'm wondering uh, if like, there's any of that kind of feeling for you with like the word white, or would you rather say European or Caucasian or? No, I don't really have a problem with that. I don't think. Is it weird saying yeah. black? I just feel not particularly. For me, I feel yeah, a no, little bit really. weird being saying black just because I was growing up in the time where we were deciding what was uh, PC, right. and yeah, they decided that African American is how we should say it for a while, but then nobody liked to say that because it was a mouthful, and so. Now we've kind of gone back to saying black, I feel, most of us. but Yeah, I guess it's really up to those communities to decide what they would prefer to be known as. Like, whether it be black or African-American. And I guess I should just try to respect that. That's how I th- thought about it. But that doesn't, didn't necessarily mean I'd be like, I'd say, you know, like African-American, I'd be like, oh shit, I fucked up, you know? Like, I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh, I made a mistake. Like, next time I'll remember to refer to them as black or african-american or whatever and you see that's how i feel like everybody should with this like gender thing i feel like that's how everybody should be where it's just like i understand that's how they want to be called and it's i mean it's offend like is i don't want to say i don't want to say offensive i feel like it's an overused word nowadays but it's just it's like you're not being nice if you're saying like if somebody says i don't want to be called that and you use it anyway it's just not very nice Mm -hmm. if they like you know, if it's just not that difficult, I I think what's really hard about the gender thing is that it's not we're not just like asking them to not say a word that isn't necessarily big in the vocabulary in the first place, like the N word or like curse words aren't they don't like you sprinkle them in to like add flavor. You don't need them, but <laughs> like everybody says he, her, she, him, and so when you get somebody to say something different, it it's a much more uh, inconvenient for everybody else because you're not just not saying a word, you're like rewiring your sentences. And the people that are like asking you to do that aren't always the nicest about it. Or like, there's like a little, like there's bitterness always, even if, even if they're like, it's never like, Oh, uh, I use they them if you that's it it's always like uh, actually it's they them thanks it's like a little bit of like get the message you know yeah there are a lot of people like that for sure which is why i actually kind of appreciate the fact that 
Um, I know I've been like, oh my fucking god, I gotta like introduce my pronouns again, that kind of thing. But I'm actually at the end of the day, I'm actually kind of glad that I guess a lot of formal settings are opening up with like, you know, what would you prefer to be? Uh, how would you prefer us to refer you? Or like, what kind of pronouns do you use? You mean like job to settings? avoid those? Yeah, to avoid specifically those kinds of interactions. <laughs> I was imagining going to like Olive Garden and the waiter's like, and what would you prefer? What pronouns do you prefer? <laughs> That's a little bit too deep. I mean, who knows? There's too much time. I mean, who knows? It could end up being like that one day. I, this is. Do you want to start talking about gender stuff, or do you want to go back on like the consciousness track? Let's go back to consciousness. Maybe. I feel like I feel like one of us needs to be the head podcast person and just decide to go back to things, <laughs> or or to like that it's okay to drift off because we can't be like we need to. I don't know. Be more in the conversation all the time. Maybe this is why we need like the producer to just be like, okay, let's stay on topic, boys. <laughs> let's go back to consciousness. We can talk about gender another day. So, do you think? I had this question a while back when you were talking about the consciousness and how like uh, you didn't like that there was a like it seemed like there was a, a puppet master behind you, even though it was yourself being the puppet master for your body. You know? Uh, mm -hmm. Do you think that that's kind of the the feeling people get that makes them think that reality could be a simulation? For sure. Yeah, it's a sense of losing power over yourself almost, right? And like we try to rationalize that into, oh, maybe then nothing I experience is real. Maybe all of this is like just some grand simulation staged by like this nefarious global corporation, shit like that. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's taking it a little bit too far, you know, because like we could get into a whole conversation of how all of our different brains probably perceive things in wildly different ways and whether or not there is like agreed upon reality that all of us can accept but at the end of the day there are things that you still experience for yourself and that you only you have control do you think anybody out there has so I, like a more clear like the clearest view of reality you know what i mean like just glass eyes mm. that that just see the world as it is maybe mm. like uh the dalai lama or something but even he, I feel like he hasn't, I just feel like you need to experience so much to be able to, to see all that thing. I, I guess my counter question would be, how would you define which sense of perception is the clearest, you know, like how, like what kind of parameters would you use to define that? Because um, I feel like if you figure that out, then you know you have a way to you have a way to measure, you know, how clear of a sense of reality you have versus how muddled it is. I think it's kind of impossible to have a clear, a fully clear sense of reality because of that. I don't know if it's a paradox, but there's like a one rule that I find myself realizing almost every day of just like if if you don't you don't know how much you don't know until you know like right if you can look at somebody i can use sports or i can use video games but like, let's let's use sports because i feel like that's broader let's use video games because this is our fucking podcast and we play video games yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like so when i'm playing valorant and i look at the pros i'm like damn their aim is great and i think that all i gotta do is improve aim and then once i get mm -hmm. my aim up to a decent level i realize just how much you need to practice in order to get it to that level and so i've like i've now realized 
that there's something I didn't know that it's not just about like having good aim. Like they're like the amount that they're like hand moves their entire, like you got this big ass body. They're moving like fractions of millimeters to aim that much. And then, and then you realize that it's not only the aim. You also have to know where your teammates are, where the enemy is, like just what the, like based on the clock, like how much longer you have to go. It's the same thing in basketball. If you have the full 30 second, or I don't know how, like the shot clock, if you have like a full 30 seconds to work the ball, you don't have to be in as big of a rush. But if you've got five seconds, that ball's got to go down court or you're not going to score the point. So I feel like anybody who thinks that they have a clear view of the world, they just haven't learned enough to know that they don't have it. You know, there's still something out there that they aren't clear on. Anybody who I, I think the more experiences that you have, the clearer your view gets as long as you um actively think about it and talk with the people around you about what your view is. You gotta share you gotta share what your view is so you know what other yeah. people's views are. Yeah, the paradox of the more you know, the more you don't know. Because yeah. like you <laughs> it's almost like a skill tree, you know? You like open up like a new branch and you're like, oh I've gotten so much better. But then you realize that branch spreads into like 50 other branches and then those 50 branches spread into like all this oh, yeah. other shit. And you're like, oh my fucking God, you know? Bro, in I get, yeah, I was gonna think like one specific skill tree is like in Path of Exile, you literally like get to a certain level and unlock a, like a little point, and you get and you didn't even I didn't even realize this. You get unlocked like a whole new like little section of like mastery. You know, it didn't. It wasn't oh, just like I, yeah. I put a point in it and then I un, I unlock what I like wanted to get to. I unlocked something I didn't even fucking know was there. So uh, yeah, that's how life yeah. is. Life's the biggest fucking open world game. Do you think the brain? The brain has like a, a limit, right? Even if everything's firing at all cylinders, it has a limit. Do you think that like the consciousness can be defined as like a space with like a mm. kind of with like a density? This is like the question that a lot of I guess bioengineering and biotech companies are trying to answer, right? Mapping every single neuron within just one single human brain is like an endeavor that's almost impossible to undertake right now. How many neurons are in a and brain? Like, oh God. Are we talking billions, trillions? Probably at least trillions, yeah. Really? I feel, I don't, so when you get into big numbers, you start losing perspective. I feel like once you get into trillions, I don't know if there's like even like a trillion atoms in me, you know? Like that's such a big number that it could be anything. Let me look it up. We don't have a producer, I'm yeah. the producer. Anyways, go ahead and talk. Look it up Go ahead, talk about no. You talk about neurons. I'll I'll talk about this. Okay. I'll look it up. You were you were yeah, talking so, about <laughs> how yeah, difficult so it that's is. Yeah, uh, huh? But I'm trying to help you, and I keep interrupting you because we're on a fucking Discord call. <laughs> <laughs> but the but then the question becomes: after you map all those neurons, like. How do you even decide a pattern of consciousness? Is it the way, like the pattern in which a specific group or like a number of neurons fire consecutively? Or is it like a cascading event of neurons uh, firing that leads to this perception and then eventually to consciousness? Or like, it's just so many almost philosophical questions that you have to consider that scientists are trying to undertake and i'd like to think that 
our minds aren't that simple where we can just map it and then try and look at it and then it'll be instantly easier to figure out where consciousness is located within our brain you know so you're saying con their scientists are trying to figure out where that where it happens right here mm-hmm. yeah so i don't know because when i picture the consciousness do you picture it that tiny and as neurons no i how big when you think of your consciousness how big of a space is it and is it like an infinity so like if i ask you picture it as big as you can and now make it a little bit bigger you know what i mean yeah it's like a it's like a galaxy at least you know and can you make like, it can you, sure add, can you add a second galaxy though next to it i don't know God. quantifying these things is so difficult for me i feel like how well does your like visual like can you create a visual in your head so like if you tell me to like picture my mom in my head i like boom i know what my mom looks like you know but if i start mm-hmm. zooming in i start losing everything every little detail like yeah or even like if i picture like a five-pointed star honestly a five-pointed star is really difficult for me to like picture in its entirety even if i focus on just like the two little like star legs at the end these are this is the star by the way if i picture it it's like i picture the star legs and i lose lose the top half but that doesn't necessarily mean that you don't know it's there right it feels like i'm multitasking it feels like i'm cooking pancakes like a pancake is on the oven and like I'm trying to make sure it doesn't burn while I add fruit to a smoothie. Like it, it, it feels mm-hmm. like if I'm trying to picture every point of a star, I feel like I'm trying to remember what the two, what like the two top points or like three top points look like while like actively picturing the bottom points. Oh, or that's I an have, interesting way to the phrasing. Or else I have to picture all the star bam right there. Like if it's a flash of inspiration, I can picture it. Right, right now. But if I like sit there and sit there thinking about it, I can't. It's not like a clear image, like on paper. Do you did did that resonate with you? Like of like kind of remembering what something, what like you created in your own head while also continuing to picture. I, I had never thought of it that see, way. See, I I have this paradox of within myself where I feel like I have a very active and yet inactive imagination. Like, so, like, when people ask me to spontaneously think of, you know, like, like, in a writing class, when someone would just ask me to write anything you think about, I'd be like, like, what the fuck am I supposed to write down here, you know? Mm-hmm. But then if they give me, like, a starting point, like, uh, like, you know, write something about, like, even, like, say, your make a, make like, a, uh, exposit, not expository, but, like, the, fiction kind of writing and i said like and it starts out you get this is a one that i remember from school you get a milk carton from the cafeteria and yeah. there's a there's a weird glow inside and you can like think of what the yeah. glow would be yeah, yeah yeah see i need that sort of thing to be like and then boom i'm like my mind's running all away with ideas like <laughs> you know yeah over the years i kind of came to realize that the thing about my mind is it likes to dissect pre-existing ideas that have come before me you know and then try to approach it from different angles rather than try to come up with new ideas all of my own so i i think uh, i'd look at like a universal truth that we all know to be true right mm-hmm. stuff like gravity and shit and then i'd be like oh, god it's so hard to explain but yeah i just try to look at ideas from different angles than the conventional ones that already exist and that are already accepted and from there i think is where a lot of my creativity comes 
and that's where a lot of get I get a lot of inspiration and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think this was like best exa- um, exemplified during like a uh, math exam actually in college. <laughs> funnily, enough, funnily enough, your create your creativity and imagination really came to fruition in that math exam, in that calculus. Actually, it did. It actually really did. It was something relating to like Taylor series polynomials and that kind of thing. It was calculus, you know? And um, we were allowed to have like a list of all the equations that we learned during that, you know, specific three weeks before the exam and everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just staring at this problem and I was just th- trying to think of like, like spontaneous ideas that would come to me. I'd be like, okay, maybe if I just stare at this long enough, like an idea will suddenly pop into my head. It was the last problem on the exam, and I was like just sitting there for a solid 10, 15 minutes, like not knowing what the fuck I was doing. So then I started looking at like the way the problem was constructed, and then I started like kind of splitting that into different parts that I recognized. So I'd be like, oh, this part kind of relates to this equation because I recognized that from some of the examples we did in class. And then I started piecing all those different clues together, and then I figured out you know, like the solution was to like go through and like take care of each step with this equation and, that, and so on and so on. And <laughs> I don't know, to me, that was really exciting. I was thinking I about where the listeners' out. heads would be at right now. We're like, okay, we're already at calculus and he went to the equations. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> but in that moment, I, I swear to God, I almost did like an audible gasp in the middle of that fucking auditorium. Yeah. And the final exam. I was like, I had started like writing. I was like, oh shit, I fucking got it, you know? You're my bitch now. <laughs> and, and I ended up doing pretty well on that exam. And I know that I got like that last question correct. But that sort of thing is just so fascinating and exciting to me. So to finish my thought, I think a lot of my consciousness is based around analyzing and dissecting ideas and then trying to come up with. I guess different conven- different conventions for them, new conventions. See, what I, I like take in as many ideas as possible. And I, fe- I feel like in daily life, I'll, like, I'll come to realize whether or not they're true. Like mm-hmm. I use my own experiences and then I'll remember, like I'm trying to think of one that just happened. Oh, yeah. So uh, you've heard about like just going to your happy place, right? right? It's like if you're if you're angry, just go to your happy place. It'll make you feel better, and you can get through it. Whatever. I don't I don't know what people. I all I know is to go to your happy place. I don't know what they tell you to do after that. Uh, but I was thinking, like, man, I'm so I'm just like nice and relaxed in this chair before I start the stream. Every time I think about hitting the stream button, I it makes me feel tense, and I don't know what's gonna do. Even though I know that like Yuki's gonna come and it's gonna be fine. We're gonna chill and just play some games. It still makes me tense. And so what I was thinking was that just, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I completely lost my train of thought. What was I talking about? So, <laughs> you, Well, you're talking about how you would take in as many ideas as possible. And then, right. Maybe... Okay. So we're, t- we're talking about like the, the happy place. So what yeah. I had realized was that I just like, I had thought that let's just imagine if I'm at work and I'm unhappy, just imagine that I'm just like, sitting there in my room by myself and then like happy place, you know, I just like try to make my body feel that way by imagining myself in the spot. And then I realized that I was doing whatever, what I had said that like doesn't work for me. 
is like bringing myself to the happy place. It's because I didn't mm. come to it myself. I didn't find the realization. I didn't understand what finding your happy place truly meant until I found it on my own. It's like, it, yeah. to me, it just sounded like an, like an escape. You're just escaping to the happy place. And uh, you're like, if you, the image is there, then it'll make it not so bad. And that, that wasn't like a way to, to cope with it for me. It, it was, just, that's just like, I don't know, trying to find a little mental unlock, but that, that really is what the happy place is. So like the happy place for me is trying to remember how you felt when you were there, not just trying to put yourself in there in the moment, like trying to pretend like and you're not just pretending oh, you're in see. Hawaii when you're at work, you know, what you're doing is you're trying to make like, you know how depression feels. Right. So you're trying to not have that like feeling of dread and you're trying to have your body not feel uncomfortable by just remembering how it was back then. That's how that, that's so how like, what helps for me though. It's like mimicking that state of being almost yeah. rather than the thoughts that you had in them. It's not just a simple find your happy place and you'll be okay. It's there's like for me it's actually like there's a few more steps that help me. But I feel yeah, like yeah. but I feel like a simple happy place for a lot of people maybe uh, maybe like it's even like 20% that it works for. Maybe they just happen to get there by themselves. I feel like that's how like prime athletes get chosen as well. Is that like if a if a coach had just said like, "Hey, by the way, uh, by the way, LeBron, you want to do a pump fake? So like, what's a why would I want to? Why wouldn't I just shoot the ball instead of pretending to shoot the ball and then shooting it? It's like because it'll make the opponent like less mm. uh, less aware of it, and also next time they'll think maybe you'll pump fake and they'll hesitate, and then you can just throw the ball. And so mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh, and it's, and so like the pro people that become pro athletes or people that like coaches, like that guy's really good. It's because they just happen to find the right form, find the white, white, uh, right way of thinking and lock that in and solidify it and keep going with it. So and a lot of things I just think need to be taught better so that you understand what it's actually supposed to be doing and how to yeah, do it. I definitely agree. Those we are really, some very interesting points. <laughs> we really digress off consciousness, but I mean, consciousness is related to everything, so it's hard not to digress. Any thoughts Got on it. that? Okay. I, I just want to take a moment to say how much I appreciate this conversation so far, because I, I feel like my entire life, I've been kind of itching to like have like a platform where I can talk about some of the thoughts that I have about ideas like this, you know, just kind of freely. And I think this is like sort of the first time that's happened in my life. Because it's difficult to just um, to grab your bro and be like, hey, you want to talk about the consciousness? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you want to talk you about know? gender problems when like usually we just play games and talk <laughs> shit talk. <laughs> yeah. Like sometimes I'd dead ass be at like a frat party or some shit. And then I just and then I just start thinking about like social connections and then how that how those how those fucking work. Yeah, you know, it's like, why is Timmy standing over there by himself in the corner when he was just hanging out with those two people? Like, what happened? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, like, I guess the sort of inherent value that people attach, and when those, I guess, values are different, how that can cause conflict in like a relationship. Mm -hmm. you know? Well, that's like a very simple way of thinking about it, but that was just one thought I had recently. And then I was like, "Fuck, I really wish I could talk to this." 
or talk to somebody about this kind of thing, you know? You should write, if you want to talk about that, you should write that down for a future podcast or like just a relationship yeah. podcast. Yeah, I'm yeah. down. But yeah, anyways. Um, what were we talking about? I mean, we can just go back to like the idea of consciousness because we kind of, yeah, that was kind of a good resolution. Yeah. What, are you, what, if, what about, what did you think we were going to be talking about? Or were there any points you wanted to hit? Just because of the education experiences I've had, when I hear consciousness, I instantly hear, like, start thinking about, you know, the brain and how, like, you know, the way we learn it for, for the MCAT is um, the first step is sensation, where, like, you know, if we want to talk about vision, for example, the moment that the light hits the receptors in the back of your in the back of your eyes, that's the moment where a sensation happens, right? That's a concept of sensation. But then as those neurons start firing signals to other neurons in like the occipital area of your brain, say, like the vision, like the part of your brain that controls vision, that's where perception starts to occur, where like they explained it in terms of like those neurons are interpreting the signal sent by the sensory neurons and then changing that into what we actually see or I what understand. we think we actually I, f- I feel yeah. like where that gets confusing is where like most people don't understand the crisp definition of sensation versus perception of like or yeah. th- the definition of sensation kind of often covers also perception whereas so like the, i guess the medical term for sensation is like that like feeling of like when it hits your eye or like when your hand touches like the cold piece of meat or whatever right, right. uh or like or maybe the hot and steaming piece of meat uh <laughs> like that's that's the sensation and the perception is like how our brain decides to deal with the sensation right and so right. usually sensation is just like touching oh that's cold but the cold part is like how we perceive the touch i just want to i'm trying to i feel like we talk about some pretty high level things with big words and i want to make sure that our our pod- <laughs> i'm, I'm going to be responsible for making sure our podcast is like broadly okay. uh accessible broadly received yeah. Yeah, yeah or at least available to more people whether or not yeah. they choose to receive it <clears throat> you know consent <laughs> anyways i think consciousness for me is all the different ways that like at that stage of perception all the different ways we differ right because like I feel like sensation can vary for sure, but like it can't vary that much. Like touching wood is just going to be touching wood, but then how Ooh, we but experience what about, that wood? Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'll say it afterwards. How we experience the feel of that wood is going to be, I feel like, wildly different among individuals. So I feel but there's no. Yeah, go uh, ahead. Sorry. I feel that the difference in the makeup of the bodies can also change the sensory. Especially if you just mm. think about how some people are like drier skinned, then mm. you have a different sense, you know? So every, like, what if like somebody who's like always sweaty versus somebody who's always like really dry that they're going to have a different perception of reality because everything they touch is going to feel a little bit different. It's kind of the same thing with like people who are like colorblind or just color in general is that like somebody could be depressed because their perception of reality is that everything's like solar colors. So you said perception kind of like is consciousness or like, well, I'm not, I know that's not necessarily what you meant. And it was just kind of like a, a 
I feel like what you meant is that like perception kind of builds consciousness in the way that different people like different people perceive differently. That's why consciousness yeah. is built differently. It's like we have different building blocks. So of course the tower is going to be different. Yeah, that's the sort of idea that I was going for. And yeah. I think from there, you know, all the different different thoughts that we each have about those perceptions are also what start to build that foundation of what we collectively call consciousness. I don't know. What did you did you have you ever thought about like the difference in bodies uh playing a difference in like the consciousness instead of just like perception? Or like how I don't know, because we we all have like the different I feel like that's hardware changing our perception of what's going on. Same thing with like how a different mouse can make uh, a mm -hmm. game feel bad or good. Like if you're using a, a fucking brick of a mouse, maybe playing a fast, a fast FPS isn't really what you want to be doing kind of thing. Um, yeah. And same thing, you have a different chip up here. So everything's like, not only are you perceiving it differently because of the sensory, but like, you're also perceiving it differently because maybe it's going through more filters, like more neurons, or it just, you, like, you perceived it as harmful or, like, more stressful than somebody else. So it goes to, like, a different section and starts flooding. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. Have what I said changed anything? I feel like you're medical, so you already had, like, a bigger picture of it than I did in the first place. No. No, yeah, you definitely brought up points that I've never considered before. Like that little analogy of hardware being different. I didn't, I just never thought about it because it is true that like, even, even at that stage, all of our body chemistries are going to be so different that, you know, maybe at that point is where the differentiation starts to begin, not the perception necessarily. So like almost if we all wanted to, if we wanted to be like a more unit unified force, then we'd have to change it's so that our senses are the same. Like if we all saw the same color of red, then it would be that we there could be no obscurity of it. So if we all mm. sense the same thing, then we would perceive still, more similarly. I still think hmm. perception is where the bulk of like the differences occur within okay, wait, okay. each individual. Do you think that like society is getting more like this? Like I I had a thought, but I, I don't know. I didn't I couldn't structure it well enough. Which is I was thinking about like if society, um, because of how we're structuring it. See now shit, I I when we're just like talking normally, I don't give a fuck when I lose my train of thought because it's just kind of funny and whatever. But I feel like we're really missing some like good content or like maybe some like I could open somebody's eyes with something that I say it's just because everybody has a different takes it in differently. And so like, or doesn't is ignorant to different things. I don't know. Well, it's not our job necessarily to like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think you should feel too bad about losing so I, um, kind of thought engagement. It's a different podcast. <laughs> if uh if chief keith was the also po podcast nobody would get angry about him so oh shit what the fuck was i talking about <laughs> nobody would get fucking... bro i watched a tiktok clip of chief keith talking to snoop and he's like how much you smoke normally and he's like uh i don't know two ounces a day and he's like what is like how but like how many joints and he's like i don't know so i don't i don't do it like that it's like but if you had to like say like i don't know maybe like 10 and snoop was like Bruh, you could be in twice the fucking rolls out of that. And he was like, yeah, but I got two ounces. 
It's like you can be getting ten out. You can be getting like ten out of them now instead of five. He's like, yeah, but I got two. It's all good. <laughs> what the fuck? But dude, what a way to live. What a way to live. It's two God, potheads man. of a different mind talking to each other. Yeah. <laughs> like, bro, you could be fucking stretching that out more. It's like, bro, I got more to have. I got more smoke. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking funny, actually. <laughs> it's like, you know that Snoop Snoop was like a hardcore pothead and when it was hard to get pot versus Chief, Keith, he yeah. just like get it whenever yeah. so he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, shit's like legal nowadays. They don't give a fuck, you know? Yeah. That's funny. Snoop was probably like counting the exact ounces that went into each joint or whatever. <laughs> I wonder what, like, have you heard of like, uh, like you've heard of DMT and like I forget what the other yeah. one's called, like keto, not keto, some kind of therapy. I feel like what they might do is either heighten, they just bring like our perception or sensory to a certain level so that you, so that we experience it the same. And that way we have, because I've, I've, from what I've heard is that like you, ha- everybody has like a very similar experience when they're on DMT or, or that other thing. So creatine, I think. So that's what makes them realize that it might be like some kind of higher power or that like we're all really connected or, it just brings me to a lot of realizations, but maybe they, it just it just makes us all. It brings all of our per, like perceptions and stuff to the mm. same level, so you're just able to understand how other people are thinking. Mm-hmm. I feel that's why I feel like you need to experience. You just you just need to experience things in order to understand people and be a better person. Yeah. Or just watch movies like I did and experience it third person. Just watch streams. Man, Lugo was an <laughs> asshole. I'm not going to be like that. I just pretend like I'm whoever I'm watching. What do you think forms somebody who isn't able to picture something in their head or like doesn't have an inner dialogue? You know, because they can. I think somebody who doesn't have an inner dialogue can still talk to themselves if they want to. Because that, that, how else do you like work out a problem? You know, like I don't I don't know what, if somebody like that literally doesn't speak English inside their head to themselves. How the fuck do you work out like a word math problem of like? Well, Sally had 26, gave 13 to Timmy. Like, how do you, you can't talk through it in your head, so what's going on up there? Is it mm. just pictures to help you with it? But that's why I think that they do have an internal, uh, internal dialogue, but it's only, they just never thought of using it when there's out and about. Or like maybe it takes too much effort or it, it just doesn't, like they need like the focus switch to be flipped for it to come on without like actively trying to. I really want to see how my friend who can't imagine, she can't picture stuff in her head. I want to see how well she draws or I want to like ask her what she does when she draws. Wait, she can't picture things inside her head? Yeah, like she can't picture like a star in her head. What? Yeah. How? So then what the fuck happens in, I'm so, Whoa. Yeah. Wait, so what the fuck happens inside her mind when you ask her to picture a star? She just comes up with fucking blank nothing? She just can't. I mean, I, I it's it's like, what, uh, what do you ask when somebody when somebody's blind and you ask them to picture red? Uh, do they come up with blank nothing? Or like, they don't come up with nothing necessarily because there was nothing there to start with. Interesting. My world view just got widened a little bit today. Damn, I didn't even realize it was possible for 
Okay. You're trying to think about how like how they would function. Yeah. Like I you like, you kind of like you don't rely on it, but it's just such a, like a a normal thing. Yeah, I feel like my world would be so so much less interesting if I d- didn't have like that sort of active imagination. You know what I mean? Hmm. Are you picturing stuff a lot in your head though? Or are you more thinking to yourself? It's more thinking to myself, actually. And then, like, occasionally that gets associated with, like, a picture in my head and shit like that. But it's mostly thinking, yeah. Well, yeah, you'll be thinking, like, man, I could have got with her. I could, we could have been like this and that. And, like, damn, she'd look hot yeah, in that. And, like, and you picture, like, picture that. Or I guess I I do this kind of thing where I would imagine, especially when I'm in social situations, I imagine how the com- all the different ways the conversation could go. And then most of the time, I'm just like, yeah, I better not risk it. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've like been less that way. It's like I've more I've more realized if I have a question that I'm not sure if I should ask, I ask myself, what's the intent behind it? And then if the intent Mm -hmm. isn't bad, I usually I'll usually ask it. Like I don't know, I have transgendered coworkers at work, so I'll ask them like a lot of questions that I feel like most people probably wouldn't ask a transgender person. It's like I wouldn't ask like. If you asked the panel when we were in Psych 210, it would have been one of those questions. You're like, why are you, you don't ask that to a transgender person. It's like, do you ever miss yeah. your dick? It's like, <laughs> you don't ask, you just don't, you just don't ask that, you know? <laughs> yeah. It <laughs> wasn't it kind of fun to play steel. with, though. It's like, <laughs> but it would take I, balls of steel in front of like fucking what, 700 students to ask that sort of shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But like I'm just curious, and I think it's a little funny, so I just ask it anyways. And if like they take offense, like I, I didn't, I'm sorry, didn't mean anything by it. It's whatever. Don't answer. For me, actually, um, I feel like whenever I meet new people, especially new people in, is like, different. I'm a little safer with new people. You gotta feel them out. Yeah, that's that's what I basically do. Like especially in group settings, I'll like, you know, I won't really say anything unless I'm spoken to explicitly. Because I feel like I learn more about people when I watch them interact with others and like how they respond to, you know, certain statements or certain questions, that kind of thing. And then how from there, I make like a judgment. And then from there, I make like an initial judgment of like, oh, this person would be kind of interesting to talk to. That kind of thing. And then you kind of like get them into like a smaller group or like a one-on-one? Probably, usually, yeah. I, so I you're not good in a big group. Well. No, I'm terrible in a big group. I'm very silent. But in like a one-on-one context, I feel like I'm actually a pretty good conversation. Because I don't have to match the dynamics of like five different people, which is way too complex for me to handle, you know? Because is like I can just feel out I want, I was just wondering yeah. what your scariest thing in a group dynamic is or like why what what do you think stops you from talking in the group dynamic? Because I think for me is that I, I am worried that what I have to say isn't interesting or isn't funny, and I don't want to like gather people's attention and then get the wrong reaction. It's not that for me necessarily. I'm not like scared of the people or anything. It's just. And don't I make think... me sound like a pussy. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not scared of anybody. I just don't want to like say something funny and just get tweet tweets. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to invalidate what you're, <laughs> what you're trying to say. I feel like you have a perfectly understandable point of view. But for me, 
I definitely do the sort of thing where I put like a sort of facade on or like a persona on for the other person when I'm meeting them for the first time um, to like match their energy or like their personality a little bit better. Uh, and it's way more difficult to do that for five people simultaneously rather than just one person. So I, I just stay quiet. I feel so that's why it's like, less like trying to, I feel like for me, it's less trying to mirror as it is trying to um, know what'll make them laugh and what's safe, you know? Like the more people there are, the more narrow that window gets. This is going to sound like, oh, like I'm the greatest fucking whatever. But like, I feel like I haven't really had that many really bad dates because like, unless they're it's like not talking to me, I can usually gauge like their level of comfort with like, you know, certain jokes or certain statements and that kind of thing where like what kind of, I guess, what kind of energy they want me to have. So I, that, I, and I try to kind of match that. And then on later dates, if it gets to that point, that's when I try to like start bringing that, that facade a little bit and start revealing my actual self. But yeah, it's, it's like a both, it's both a benefit and a curse. I want you to take me to a party with you where you don't know too many people. I was not the entire time. I just, but I want to, yeah. I want to see that portion of you where you're like kind of copying. Or maybe I just feel like it would, where you feel like you're not yourself or whatever. Because I, I just don't know how that would be. Because, I mean, the first time that I met you, it, it just, you did a couple of things that were outside of your zone. And that, I understand what you mean. Yeah. You just kind of, it's almost like a light panic of just like, <laughs> I need, I should, yeah. should I be doing this? And you just go for it. And then maybe not. And a little bit too much energy because you, that's what you want to receive back, I feel. But hmm. to be fair, I was also five years younger back then. I was 16 years old, basically. True. True. <laughs> Let's get back on the topic of consciousness, though. Of, uh, yeah. I'm still interested in like the concept of it being space because. When you're, when you're doing an inner monologue or inner dialogue with yourself, it's not, it doesn't, does it, to you, it doesn't sound like it's in a confined space, right? How big of a space do you think that you talk to yourself in? I've never thought about it like that. It's just more like the conversation is just happening to me. And I don't imagine the space around us necessarily. Or us, like just me and myself. Yeah. <laughs> God, I think you just revealed something there, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, D.I.D. real quick. <laughs> Soul and Colin, but, they're actually two different people. Yeah, yeah. But when I say that, does it make sense to you how it could kind of be like a kind of space? Like, Yeah, I, I kind of imagine like a, like a void almost, I guess. Like an empty void where the conversation is happening. Like shut off from everything else around me. Like it's just me and my thoughts in that moment and nothing else i feel like mine that's, is more that's like how... gas a gas right. oh can you yeah. explain like it fills the room but like if there's other things doing stuff then it'll start compressing down into me like if i'm in like a big library where everybody's studying and talking and stuff then it'll just be like like just compressed into my head whereas like what am i doing why am i here you know but if i'm just like thinking in my room i'm looking i'm looking everywhere and i'm like yeah 
I mean, my imagination kind of fills the space as well. Yeah, I guess for me, it's almost like like my like how the fuck do I explain my own mental self, like a different. It is almost like having two people inside my brain, like just having a conversation back and forth. It's a like, disembodied so like, voice, right? Yeah, yeah, with no like with no um, point of origin. Yeah, or is the point of origin kind yeah. of like you? I guess it, I imagined it as my own voice speaking back to. Yeah, <laughs> that's that, this kind of makes me sound like batshit, but yeah, it's just my own boy speaking back to me. So I'd be like, you know, what in, I'd be trying to. Is it in like yeah, a mirror sorry. dimension almost? Like, I don't know. No, it's just like, it's like a black nothingness and then just the disembodied voice there just speaking back to me. Like, <laughs> speaking yeah, I know, from but the if, void. It, if, it, <laughs> if it's speaking back to you from the void, where is it in the void? Is it like, if like, so I, like, kind of, I feel like because I play a lot of FPS games, I, I don't feel like my voice comes from the mouth. I'm feel it's all coming from here. And so when mm. I picture like my voice, it's coming from right behind my eyes. Mm. Kind of thing. Like, so I don't usually picture it. These are things that I'm like just thinking of now. Like if I picture, like if I'm thinking to myself, because when I close my eyes, then it's like right there. It's right. Like that's the that's the, the darkness. My if the darkness is right behind my eyes, and so it's like, it's all kind of right there. The voice is happening. Jeez. It's not like it's not being spoken at me. It's kind of mm, kind of like radiating out. Yeah, it comes out like a wave. Like, uh, yeah, I'm thinking of like a clear bell filling a room, but it doesn't. Oh yeah, no, it's 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 gaseous. It's like if you really like just release gas in the middle, and then it slowly fills up the room. So like it's not, yeah. That's what you imagine your consciousness to be, I guess. That's what I imagine, like the, like how the voice manifests itself. Like it is, it's not. I'm not hearing. It's, it's like if it was like like a deep voice. It's not like reverberating. It's just kind of. It's still just. It's it's not. What I'm saying is the voice doesn't come from any one specific point, but I feel like it has an end point. It, mm. It's almost like it comes from like the sphere out right around my head, you know, and then it'll and then it radiates out. If you can imagine, yeah, you like if a phone got close to your head, and then you could hold it anywhere, but it still sound you still get stereo no matter like where you hold it around your head here. But uh, then if you put it over there, then it then it just like kind of yeah, I don't know. You definitely think about it differently than I do. Like for me, it's just it's just there. Like I don't know how to explain it. It's just there, my boy. Like the voice in my head. I don't imagine it taking like a physical form or anything necessarily it's just there always can you imagine taking it taking a physical form though i guess if i did try to imagine like a physical form it'd just be like like if i'm sitting down at my desk at this moment like a voice like a guy just kind of peering over my, over my shoulder right here like kind of whispering in my ear or like talking to my ear yeah and then he like go and like back, pace back and forth in the room and come back to me with another thought that kind of thing yeah, I mean that's kind of more what I'm thinking. Like, I don't, I don't usually think of my voice as like a disembodied voice inside my head. It's usually just there. But if I had to like define it into words about where it is, that's how I would define it. So yeah. you kind of like get that vibe of pacing inside your head. Like it's almost like doing mm -hmm. the the grease lightning thing, where like the whole thing's like spinning and you're just kind of walking in the head, like the hamster wheel. You got the hamster wheel running around in your head. 
<laughs> I guess, yeah. That's how you're able to stay in there and keep pacing. You just got the hamster going. It's a hamster ball, not a wheel. That's a better way to think about it. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a do you remember, like, <laughs> do you remember the movie G-Force back in, like, fucking 2008 or some shit like that? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Is that all you like got? Those, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just look up G-Force, the movie. And then just see the poster for it, and yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I I I like that movie, honestly. I mean, it was just I I did too. When I it just I don't know, it makes me think of hamsters when I see G Force from a, every once in a while. It's a, I don't know, G Force is like kind of I don't know. It's fallen off as I've gotten older, but I still think of hamsters and G Force every once in a while. They had a Wii game, and I remember playing that shit religiously as a kid. That that could be sick. That could be sick. You could be like having I, racing I hamster really, balls and like, because they're, they're fucking spies and they had tools and shit. And then you're, it has that same kind of like Hot Wheels aesthetic where you could like, I mean like big adventure, but it's just in a, it's in like a bedroom. I remember thinking it was sick as fuck as a kid. I don't quite remember the gameplay detail, like fully detailed or anything, but I just remember the feeling of like, this is cool, you know. I could formulate new questions on consciousness if you want, but do you have anything that's come to light for you, or like anything you want to share, ask? Big questions you don't think I could answer? Um, I just have questions this for the people. While... Questions for the comment section. Sorry. Well, I probably do, but like for now, I just I just had this thought like maybe mm. forty five seconds ago, but I remember uh. As a kid, anyways, when I would really enjoy like a movie or you know some work of art, I would really want to be immersed into that universe, like myself, like actually being a part of it, not just being a spectator through watching a movie or something like that. I w- I remember feeling like really really disappointed when I would usually find out like there was no other way to like sort of explore the world that this author or this director had made outside of that just one work of art. Yeah, like Lord of the Rings, for example. I was super, super into the Lord of the Rings when I first watched it. Probably like, maybe like a 10, 11-year-old. I'm trying to think if that's an appropriate age to watch Lord of the Rings. Because there's some like killing and some like half-naked like golem. That is (laughs) anyways go ahead i remember just imagining myself being immersed in that world like going on those adventures with fucking frodo or whatever climbing what was it mount doom that sounds nerdy enough to be right yeah yeah and they the fantastic four helped them out right because they they got the wrong building. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah definitely wrong building sorry i it was not on mount doom it's uh what would it Mountain Doom? <laughs> like, I don't know. Mordor or something Doriyama? like that. Like, that's the reason. Doomyama? <laughs> Yama in Japanese is mountain, so it'd be Doomyama. Uh, <laughs> anyways, I would be, I feel like, very, very deeply disappointed when I couldn't experience that for myself other than just through my... I think that was one of the sorts of, like, a little bit of a coming-of-age moment for myself when I realized that like if there were things that I wanted to experience through my imagination then you know maybe oftentimes I would have to take steps to make that come true for myself rather than expecting other people to have already done that for me otherwise you just kind of keep chasing the experience 
Yeah, and you never end up satisfied. And I didn't, I hated that feeling. I think that you cope with it in a more healthy way versus like, for me, I just tried to find another book that would give me the same feeling. Hmm. Like, that's what I'm doing. I'm still doing that. Like, with web novels, I'm just like, that's why, I mean, you saw when I was, I was just read, 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 like, kind of like for hours. <laughs> and I want to be in the world. My brain is like so good at kind of like multitasking. I mean, I'm so used to multitasking, I guess. I'm not necessarily good at it, but like, I'll be reading. I can, I'll read it out loud in my head. Like the voice in my head will be reading it. And I will not remember a single word from the paragraph because I thought was thinking about something else while I was, re- while I was reading it. <laughs> It's like that happens to me too, actually. Uh, like <laughs> the funny thing is for me, it's like almost I'm crafting this, like the ending of that paragraph for myself in my head while I'm reading it. And then I actually read it and I'm like, oh, so that's what I'm, I'm right now. I'm reading, I'm reading something that wasn't done when I read it before. So I'm just kind of like catching up to the point that I was at. And. Um, like it'll it'll start the paragraph off that like and then and then he reveals the the sword like is it, it he he can grab it later and then like the, while I'm reading the next paragraph I'll be thinking about like oh my god he's about to kill that motherfucker like he didn't even know what's coming and like at the end and like and draws it from his sheath and I'm like okay let me go read that back because now he's already, the sword's already out and I don't know what it looks like I just feel like people. People need to take time to explore their own, like, conscious mind. And then, like, they need to understand the influence the unconscious mind has on them. Because, like, my way of thinking is that, like, you can take drugs to make yourself feel better and stuff. Um, and you can also, like, meditate or, like, there's things you could do every day that'll make your inner voice, like, or just, like, your inner self feel better. But at the end of the day, like, you control what actions, like what actions your physical body, no matter what like internals you are, no matter like if I'm thinking like, man, I'd really like to strangle a baby right now. Like I'm, I feel like I'm still a good person if I make the conscious decision to not do that, you know? Right. And it can even be like, it can even be empowering to go against what your consciousness tells you when like, or when like your subconscious tells you when you, you're like awake self knows that it's not right. But I feel like that's kind of like, I always knew that there was like an inner consciousness that I was fighting against. Because I don't think that I'm the great person. Nat- I'm a, I don't think I'm a very good person naturally. So I'm always fighting that inner voice. Which is why I think it's interesting to me that you didn't even realize there was something in the background. At first, yeah. Because like, I, I always knew that, like, like, I always was wondering, like, why am I feeling this way? Like, this isn't what I want to be. So there has to be something else in there. And I think that's why I always like psychology is because, like, I always kind of had an idea of it. And it was kind of just more. I was like, oh, people already fucking delved into this shit. It's like if I was, it's like if I like was like, it was like, what if there is some people, like, man, it would be really cool if like there was a sword fighting magic kind of book where like people with pointy ears fought like half satyrs and like tor the like torsos of men were on on the heads of horses. Like, wouldn't that be so cool? I was like, hey, bro, you know that they have like the Hobbit and like. The Witcher, and like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "What?" That's oh, cool. all this other shit, yeah, yeah. So I, just, yeah, just gotta get yourself out there. I think, yeah, 
Psychology has always been interesting to me because I guess it's helped me to understand points of view that weren't my own. Because I like empathy and like relating to other people is not something that comes to me naturally. I feel like like mm-hmm. I can understand why you're feeling a certain way, but then I'll I'll be like I understand that, but like why are you feeling that? Way? You know you, you know what I mean. I feel like it's important and to even I'm understand not- that there's like that there's a logical way for somebody to view things differently than you, even if they're ultimate conclusion isn't logical like they're it, they got there like through through normal means that a lot of people a lot of people get there through i think i just value i value logic and reason or i used to at least i used to value logic and reason above everything else because like everything has to be efficient everything has to make sense and if not then it doesn't belong in my world right mm-hmm. but i found i found out that that sort of mentality is ultimately just going to drive everyone else away and leave me alone, you know? And I didn't want that for myself because I also wanted my, my emotional life to be happy, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, even though it was at odds with, like, my natural predisposition to view thing, view everything in a logical way, I also had to acknowledge the existence that my emotional self is also an important part of my consciousness, let's say. Which is interesting because so that's I, like a logical conclusion to come to. <laughs> exactly. So even that conclusion was logical, which is ironic. But like, even if I don't understand why a person is acting that way, I would try to, you know, just try to like be accepting of them rather than questioning why they were being like that and trying to explain to them that they weren't making sense to me. And I found that, you know, it's helped me a lot to grow as a person and formulate more meaningful connections with people. I think that ultimately, so, it's just like, you have to f- figure out yourself, figure out everybody else, and think about how you can integrate yourself while keeping as much of what makes you, you, and being happy. And then, yeah. I mean, maybe you don't integrate too well, and so you just have to find your pocket. You know, that some people maybe don't integrate too well. Uh, um, that's hard, but you gotta find your pocket. Because there are people like you that you can talk to. This is our two-person pocket right here. We're just sharing, snuggling up. Yes, sir. I appreciate this pocket very much already. I'm glad that you're finding, finding meaning in it, though. Makes me happy. I just don't want to... I mean, I guess we could always come back to the topic of consciousness. I just feel like if there's any point, I just don't want to like leave anything that's like right there at the cusp on the table. Cause like, I know that there's so many different ways you can attack it mm-hmm. while we're still talking about like perception and stuff. What do you feel about like training the subconscious? Do you feel, cause I don't really consider it as like training the subconscious. I feel it as more like figuring out what you can do in the f- in the physical world to make your subconscious less negatively reactive and uh trying to figure out how to perceive things so they don't affect you as much that's not really what i wanted to say but it's kind of like close enough 
I don't I know. Think, it's, it doesn't seem like a training to me. It just seems like a development and like a, a always yeah, kind of working. Yeah. I think when it comes to training your subconscious, the idea of cognitive dissonance is pretty important to consider because cognitive dissonance is like where... You have to explain that, yeah. The way I always thought about it was um, your conscious mind and your unconscious mind are kind of at odds, which leads to like an internal turmoil of questioning your identity and a lot of your, you know, like your moral compass, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Essentially like acting in a certain way when you, when I guess in your heart, you feel that the way you're acting is not who you actually are. I think it's also like, mm, being told, like knowing that you're a good person with good thoughts, but still kind of questioning it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's against the medical definition of cognitive dissonance, but dissonance. But uh, and I guess the idea of like you know things like cognitive behavioral therapy are is kind of understanding the points at which like your conscious and your unconscious minds are finding you know a difference on and Mm. trying to then recognize that and then guiding your subconscious into like a healthier direction that aligns more with like your uh your conscious self maybe yeah. Or maybe like acknowledging that those parts of yourself exist and coming to peace with it for some people. So it can either be finding what you want, like what you like, what you really want and need, and making strives to actually getting that, whether whether or not that just means. I mean, it's always going to come with sacrifices, but like a sacrifice of just like maybe not eating as much, if if that, if like you wanted to lose weight. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and like you've been hard on yourself because you keep on putting, eating the late night snacks or um, yeah it's just just about uh, knowing what you really want and need and then making even if it's hard for you actually acting on those like what you can control you gotta control it in, what, in the way that you know will actually make you happy and you gotta ask yourself questions to know what will actually make you happy I so you can train your subconscious I feel by just like saying stuff to you like I am a good person I don't need to steal uh making fun of cancer patients isn't funny like you can train yourself that kind of way but I feel like what's more important is like learning things experiencing things and coming to the realization that will change you that's kind of like this like changing the spirit kind of thing so like coming to the realization yeah. on your own will make you want to radiate that without like having to sit there and train for it and like force it kind of thing yeah yeah it's more like, of like enlightenment instead of just teaching more, yeah on a more fundamental level like changing a part of yourself rather than like trying to coast that part of yourself to like be different I guess. yeah that's like the wanting to change versus forcing yourself to change which is why i think a lot of uh theories about therapy and that kind of thing uh have this notion that in order to actually improve yourself you have to realize that you need help and have that want to improve yourself rather than being forced into it by like family members or like a court order look i know for me that like if i think about so like brushing my retainers or cleaning my retainers if i think about like 
I, this is, fuck this. I know I, this is what I got to do. I, I, I've got to fucking do it. Just fucking do it. It takes not much time and it's harder. Mm -hmm. I still do it, but it's harder for me to do it. But if, if when I get there and it changes day by day, you know, sometimes I really don't want to do it and it's hard for me to get to bed. Um, but sometimes I'll get there and I'll think like, it's good for me. I, it's healthy for me. I know that like, and it really doesn't take, I'm just what, 30 seconds out of my day. It's really whatever yeah. to know that to get that like little feeling that I've done what I needed to do. And like, and then I can, sometimes I'll get there and ha and like not want to do it and like kind of half-ass the brushing of my retainers or like I'll think about half-assing it, but then I'll realize it's like, I'm already here. It doesn't take that much time, that much time. And it'll make me feel better later to yeah. to just know that I've like done it thoroughly. It's kind of it, it's just yeah. And sometimes you need to wait to be in the right spot of your life to to want to make those changes. Like even if you know that they're good and you and you can't right now, you just need to understand that it'll happen later. I, this is I don't want to delve into that, but like this is why like suicide can be kind of a problem because sometimes you just need experience and time to come to terms and or to find happiness but yeah we're getting into a whole whole new topic but <laughs> that's how i feel anyways it's harder to force yourself than to like find a way to want to like yeah if you, if, you, if it feels like a grind it's gonna be a grind but if, if like you feel like you're just like you're gonna be better after this then you can like it almost like takes the weight off your shoulders of, of it being a grind. Like you don't mm -hmm. need to be apprehensive. Do you want to end it? Start thinking about some ending remarks. It was definitely good, dis good discussion and eye opening. A little bit disordered for our first, uh, <laughs> first podcast. I think that it would help to have We're a producer, producer kind of leading it. Yeah. We're both pretty inexperienced, yeah. so it's whatever. But I think good conversation I, I enjoyed my time so whether or not yeah yeah so whether or not this is like it makes a good podcast is beside the point i guess but yeah i yeah. hope it does i hope it does either way and i hope it helps other people and that it makes other people think about stuff in new ways all i want to do is make yourself think about these ideas and then maybe you can share some other ideas with us that we haven't considered you know Oh yeah. Oh, you're talking about the comments, the the viewers. Again? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. If you have any like insights, if any of our insights made like made you think about things in a different way, feel free to leave it in the comments. Or if you have things that we th that you think we missed on consciousness, uh, I'm down to have a part two for this. And we also went off on a lot of different pathways, of, like yeah. life, <clears throat> suicide at the very end, and like growing up and development. So yeah, any questions? Cool. All right. All right, stopped. <laughs>